0: Welcome to the CG Pro Podcast. This is episode 33. We have Oni Uday with us tonight, and I will do an intro to him in a second. Uh, we if you enjoy the episode and you like what we have to say, then you can follow us in our Facebook group. Um, if you want to find out more about CG Pro the School, you can follow us at, at become So Yeah, our very special guest tonight. I'm very excited about uh, tonight's episode. Um, Onyi is an amazing individual. Uh, He has many, many talents Uh, he's a founder of uh, several enterprises. um, One, which we'll talk a lot about tonight. I'm sure it's a a new, a new endeavor and it's in the middle of a launch. Um, but yeah, Onyi's based in Los Angeles, um, focuses on using technology to help creative people uh, tell their stories essentially he runs a large uh, largest animation community uh, I believe the um, animation uh, club biggest animation club in the world um, with 25,000 members um, and also uh, Pipeline which is what is he's in the middle of launching at the moment and we will talk a lot about that Oni's worked for some amazing big studios such as disney and some other large companies that you may have heard of apple buzzfeed you know um, things like that um also run a production company colon and many other things as well but i will stop there and say Oni, welcome it's a pleasure to have you on thanks for having uh, thanks me thanks for this being is, here
1: uh, this, is, this is fun I'm, I'm excited
0: awesome yeah me too um so yeah i just wanna, wanted to start off and ask you a little bit about you and where where your journey began any early inspirations that that kind of led you in this direction towards being interested in animation film helping people etc man
1: um i i was very fortunate right to be born in what maybe some would consider the first golden age of animation which is like the 90s right um, I'm talking, you know, Saturday morning cartoons before school cartoons, after school cartoons, it was just cartoon central, uh, when I was growing up and it was, it was great. Just a, such a rich variety of, of storytelling, um, which just, um, inspired me. I was truly in love with this medium of storytelling. Um, and as I grew, it grew with me, which I was, I was very fortunate for, right? Cause Uh, As I grew into my teens, that's when the discovery of anime, you know, was a thing. And, you know, Cartoon Network had Adult Swim, uh, excuse me, not Adult Swim, uh, Toonami, right? And then you saw your, you know, your anime kind of crossing the, crossing overseas for the first time. So it was like, at every stage of my life, there was um, animation with amazing storytelling that had things, everything from coming of age stories to, you know, stories about character and the value of hard work and training, and this and that, and it was just something that I I just felt deeply connected to, and to this day, like it's still something that I'm very much in love with, and I prefer as a, as as a medium to to uh, experience stories. So, yeah, that's that was that was my love for animation. It just it stayed with me throughout, um, and which led me um, to eventually start my own boutique studio with my brother.
0: An animation yeah. studio.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, what, um, what was it
0: particularly about animation as opposed to other, other formats, like, you know, traditional film or other things, something grabbed you particularly about animation?
1: Animation felt limitless. Um, uh, mm. it felt like I was seeing things that I would see in my dreams on screen. There was, there was really no limit to the kind of the craziness. Cause we've all had those like really whacked out dreams. That it was like, well, it's hard to describe. But I felt like animation, you could you could actually illustrate those crazy dreams in a very accurate way, no matter how crazy it was via animation. And I loved how uh how animation gave me that ability to express those things or visually see those things. Like the idea, this is kind of corny, but the idea of powering up, right? Like we've all seen like Dragon Ball Z and all this stuff. Pre, pre, like Dragon Ball Z, and all this stuff. I wouldn't know how to really like, kind of like visually articulate that, right? Like, how do you demonstrate like someone like gaining energy and you know? And we've all had those. Well, I, I was deep in sports, right? So you've had those feelings where it's like pure, like don't mean like yeah, you feel like you're like you're on fire almost. But at that time, I live action. I didn't see anything. That really represented that kind of feeling and that what that would look like, and here comes an animation, boom, perfectly, perfectly described, perfectly encapsulates that whole, that whole experience. And I'm just like, yes, that's it, that's exactly how I was feeling in that moment. And um, I think a lot of people have these feelings, uh, or you know, these dreams that they want to um, show the world, right? This, these stories that they want to tell the world, and I think animation is probably one of the easiest and most digestible ways to tell those stories. So that's where that's where my love for animation is, and it really has grown over the years.
0: I I really resonate with that as well. It's very similar for me. I think not being getting into visual effects specifically, and just the fact that you're not you're not limited by the limitations of the real world, you can yeah. you can express in ways that you can't with physical real things that you have to go find. Yeah. 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 I totally get that. Um, so how, how did it kind of start off you? You talked about having a a production company with your, your brother.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I believe I was working for Apple at that time and I was just, um, you know, I was deep into technology. I was learning a lot. And, uh, one of my mentors was teaching me, um, about how to identify X factors in markets, right? Kind of somewhat technical, um, but he was just like, you have to know where the puck is going, right? Mm -hmm. Don't go to where the puck is, go to where you think it's going, right? It's kind of high risk, high reward, but you can kind of use certain metrics to kind of figure it out. So he was like, and to do it with something you're passionate about. So for me, I was like, okay, um, what am I passionate about? And I'm, as I'm thinking about this, of course I'm watching anime in the background and I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> you know, this is this is great. This is like, I'm passionate about animation, right? So um, I started thinking and I was like, what hasn't truly been covered in animation? And for me at that time, this was back in 2011, maybe 2012. Um, I realized the stories that I grew up on because I'm Nigerian, my parents are both Nigerian. Um, but I was born in the States and um, you know, my dad used to tell us oral folklore, right? From from Africa, West Africa. Mm. So I didn't get your traditional bedtime stories. I got it acted out in a very specific cultural way. Mm. And I realized I had never seen that on screen. So for me, it was like, oh, here's a great opportunity to kind of be first to tell these this like batch of stories rooted in African folklore, history, and mysticism, right? So I called my brother up um, at the time. This was when WeChat was very early. I was like, hey, do you wanna do this with me? And he was like, yeah, sure. I'm like we'll, we'll do it, but if we do it, we gotta do it our way. And I was like, sure, whatever that means, let's do it. So that's kind of how we just got into animation. We started writing and then uh, two, a team of two became a team of three or five, and, eventually grew to a team of about 25 and we developed wow. at this point internally we've developed over 60 ips um we've had wow. some projects in development with different studios um we had something at cartoon network um yeah it's just yeah we we you know it was it was a process and now we're in the process of taking these stories and um taking this production studio to uh, another level by um Kind of taking what I learned from, during my time at Disney and, and kind of creating this kind of super um, multi studio um, African umbrella for animation. So I can't get too deep into that yet, uh, but next probably in 2023 we'll, we'll be announcing some really cool stuff.
0: Amazing. Fantastic. Well, so yeah. it is a beautiful continent with a lot of story and history and very rich. Yeah, incredibly. Yeah, one of one of the most amazing places I've got to spend time spent several several months in a few countries in Africa. Yeah. And it really, it really touched my heart. Uh, the the spirit, <clears throat> of the people there was unlike anywhere I've I've experienced. Um, stories that need to need to get out.
1: True, yeah, and it's 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 also the feeling you describe is something I'm very desperate to translate on screen. Right? Mm. There's there's a feeling of of instant community, right? And um, I've, you know, I've done my research, and I'm very fortunate to have um, a, a family around me, which is very heavily researched. And um, you know, there's 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 specific research that goes into why you have that feeling, right? right. And you know, what what makes up this instant like feeling of being welcomed and being at home and being welcomed into culture and food and how this all plays uh, with each other—it's um, it's fascinating to me and it's, it's something that I, I cannot wait to really, uh, you know, show th- through animation. So it's uh, you're, the feeling. The, the, I'm glad you said what you said because it's uh, it's an important feeling that I, I, I really want people to understanding and, and getting the opportunity to experience themselves what, first on screen and then, of course, eventually when they're ready to come to the content themselves.
0: I, I look forward to it as well. And I, know I gen- genuinely, I remember it's been a, a minute since I've been over there, but uh, I do remember that feeling extremely well. I was talking to a friend of mine, Michael Page, about it, who felt the same way. We both kind of connected around that idea. <clears throat> I remember the feeling of when I went home too, after three months of being in, you know, central Africa and going back to, to London and feeling like looking around at the faces and around me and thinking, wow, everyone here just feels, seems so miserable and like from where i've come from and i wanted to go back straight away it was yeah uh I, i've had a lot of good times in in england obviously but uh yeah there was something um very missing when i got home and i thought like i, I wanted it back and i have wanted it back ever
1: since <laughs> um we, we 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 we'll offline we'll go in depth about this because it's uh it's it never gets old for me i i'm on the continent at least uh two three times a year in africa um more often in the West, but um, I have goals to, to hit all 54 and just really kind of be, be everywhere in touch the culture. But uh, it's, it's, it's always a good time. Always a good time. And it always sucks when I have to leave. <laughs> but yeah. the great thing about what I'm doing with Pipeline is it gives me an opportunity to see the creative community globally, right? To be able to actually mm-hmm. go and touch and speak to creatives and storytellers in animation throughout the continent. And understanding how they tell stories and their approach and their um, pun intended uh, pipeline for animation and you know it's it's so fun and the stories are so amazing and you hear their inspirations and sometimes if you're lucky they get they'll take you to what inspired them to write certain stories and that's a story in of itself so it's it's for me it's I'm having a great time doing what I'm doing right now.
0: It sounds like there may be, maybe even be, like I don't know, documentaries or stuff like that around the. Yeah. Probably thought of this already.
1: Yeah, if, if someone wants to volunteer to be my cameraman, and follow me around. <laughs> I'm all good for it. Yeah.
0: Anyone out there? Hey, comment comment in the chat if you Comment want in
1: to, the chat. Let me know if you want to follow obvious. me around. I promise it'll be fun.
0: I I could only yeah it, it would be for sure. Um, so there's a there's a. Bunch of things that are coming up here and things I want to want to ask you about. Um, but clearly, you've you've been involved in uh, telling stories uh, in technology. You just talked about the fact that you were working at some prominent technology companies. So you obviously came up professionally through tech as well. Um, how did you how did you get into the the tech route and then back into the <sighs> filmmaking route?
1: Extremely serendipitous. Uh, it's. I mean, to know me is to know why this isn't such a weird kind of um, fall into technology. But um, when uh, when it was time to pick a college, I got to UCLA, and I was like, okay, cool. But then I went on a college tour to the Bay Area, um, courtesy of a program at Berkeley, and instantly fell in love with the Bay Area. It was such such a weird feeling it was like i was exactly where i was supposed to be Mm. and even though i didn't get into berkeley i was like i have to go out here i don't know why but something's telling me i need to be out here so i decided to go to um, a state school san francisco state university and this was right around the time of this kind of second tech boom so eventbrite was brand new uber was just starting out Of these companies were just starting, and um, because Eventbrite was kind of new in the space, everybody was posting their events for free. So, all these tech companies were posting their events for free on Eventbrite. I'm a broke college student, so what do I see? Free food, free invite, I'm there. Um, so that me being a broke college student, just trying to get some food or whatever. I find myself sitting in on some of the, at the time, most cutting edge tech discussions and how people were using tech to solve and innovate in various industries. Because um, I before then I fixed a computer, but that's about it. I didn't have any real tech background, but I spent the, that year and a half going to almost, ev- almost every night I was in the city at, well, uh, what is it? Um, I was at, uh, the Facebooks, the Googles, the, the, um, the foundries, this. I was just, I was all in these venues all around tech people learning from them. And it was such a great experience. I came in as a bio major, ended up becoming a techie, right? right. It shifted everything for me. And, um, in a very weird way, I ended up working for Apple, uh, my sophomore year of college, um, Right. Wow. And yeah. And then I was like, I'm gonna stick to this. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to this. And you know, I tell people I ended up going to Apple University because from there, I learned so much. Mm. Just I learned so so much. Not even just on the technology side, on the marketing side, understanding why certain things were a certain way, why certain things were placed, certain colors were selected what the customer experience is truly and what that journey is the value of making sure there's an in-person experience when people have issues instead of putting them through a robot and automated system like what is the value of what is the purpose of technology right which is a conversation that you very rarely hear uh technologists have no but at apple
0: it's normally they'd apple, say to, to sell
1: technology you know products. it's like <laughs> oh, it's technology you know you use it for this but i will yep. say at apple that that was that was ingrained in you they're like this is purely for the purpose of helping people communicate we're mm. helping people communicate that is what you, that that's what this is for so <laughs> if something is wrong you communicate with the person Right. you got to take it back to that. You know, those foundational uh, 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 rules, right? You're here to help people communicate. So all of that really helped shape my eventual pivot into um, media and entertainment technology, right? So I did some cybersecurity. Then I came back to L.A., um, worked at BuzzFeed, started learning about kind of the production tech side of things. And then in a very weird way, again, I went on, on vacation. Uh, I believe I went to Nigeria and then Ghana, and I came back. And as my flight's landing, and I turn on my, um, my service. as a voicemail, and it's Disney.
0: Hmm.
1: And it's like, hey, we kind of love to have lunch. Let's talk. Um, they had seen my background in, in cybersecurity and they were like, you know, we'd love to talk more. We had, I ended up going to lunch with them. The lunch was maybe about 40 minutes. It was a great lunch, great conversation on the walk from the restaurant to my car. It was about a three minute walk. I get a text offering me the job, which I didn't even realize. <laughs> like it was, that was like, was this the job interview? I just thought it was a conversation. Um, and yeah i guess it was <laughs> yeah I, I guess it was right and it was just like okay blink here i am i'm at disney and i think at the same time i was um working on a show with um, cartoon network uh with, with my brother right this is this was before the the i think this was the first of the major three big shifts at um cartoon network Warner Brothers and HBO Max. It's like right. This is right as we're doing this big shift um, when Sam, right before Sam Register comes on, if you know who he is, uh, right before he takes over. So I'm working Disney. I'm still, I still have my uh, my IP on the side, um, and my brother is kind of running that shop. But while at Disney, I'm given the task to essentially. Work with all of the studios under Disney's umbrella, and maintain their technology that they're building for productions, as well as manage, you know, what product, what technology built on the outside could come into Disney's environment. So I get to see all of these amazing applications, like a like a full list of probably was maybe well close to over a thousand over a thousand applications used to build some of the best stuff that we've seen right um trying to remember what i can and can't say uh but even things used to uh work on the soon to be released avatar Mm. right like this is some cutting edge stuff and i'm just like oh this is amazing and i start thinking back to my experience with my studio and how much I struggled with trying to find talent and how much I struggled with kind of just learning the process and how it was a 10-year process for me to learn the ins and outs of animation. I was like, oh, if I could just shorten this experience and, you know, use some technology to just make it faster, I could get a lot more content out there. So then it hit me. What are you you talking about? What are you complaining about? You're at the apex of entertainment. You're at Walt Disney Studios. You have access to the list. Go and find what they're using. I'm like, oh, this is great. We're going to do it. I go into the list and there's nothing there. Mm. I was like, wait a minute, there's nothing here to help me quickly staff for projects. So how are they doing this? So I started doing a little bit more digging, start asking more questions, come to find out Disney itself had a backlog of animation projects that were in backlog purely because not enough didn't have enough access to the talent to quickly staff it. So it was kind of like a queue. I was like, huh? So the pandemic,
0: sounds like an an idea was born.
1: Uh, Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. At that, at that moment, it was like, huh? If I had this problem as a small boutique studio and Disney had this problem, like being the apex of technology, well then there's, there's a talent pipeline issue huh. Okay. So then I was like, all right, this is great. I'm going to save up some cash and I'm going to maybe take a leave of absence and see if I can like make this thing work. And right as I'm getting ready to put this plan into action, the pandemic hits. Right. My department with maybe 15 others get furloughed. Mm Mm-hmm. And the little nest egg I put on the side to develop this goes to literally staying alive. Yep. And I'm crushed because I'm just like, oh, I had plans for this, you know. And really, really sucked. But um, just goes to show you everything happens for a reason. A buddy that I met in the Bay Area said, hey, there's this really cool app that's, that's coming out right now, invite only. I'm going to give you an early invite. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And, uh, you know, it happens to be Clubhouse. This is early, 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 right? And I'm just like, whoa, okay, Uh, sure, I'll hop on there. And, you know, at the time, Clubhouse was VCs, you know, heads of music labels, heads uh, of directors. It was kind of the who's who earlier on. I think there were less than, at that time, maybe less than 10,000 members, right? Kind of t- yep. fairly small. And everyone in here is talking about their things, speaking from a position of being an expert, but nobody was talking about animation. So I'd be like the the lone voice, like champion animation in these rooms and talking about it, like, you guys don't understand. This is great. Here's where this came from. Here's this reference. And I'm really pushing it. And at the time, this is before the data came to support it. I said, animation is, is not fragile. And in fact, I believe it's probably gonna be animation that's gonna keep these studios afloat during this COVID time. Directors are like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. The studios are closing down. I'm like, okay, just watch. Couple months go by i invite my the first friend i met in hollywood mia kai simone moody who works for family guy and her around to clubhouse with my invites and sure enough the good folks at clubhouse give us act give us um access to create the first uh, animation club on their platform and at that moment anybody who was interested in animation would tune into our rooms we were doing maybe two three rooms a day different wow. times around the world India, Singapore, Japan, um, you have some people from Syria, uh, Argentina. You could just, it was it was so amazing to kind of start plotting the maps and seeing how many people were in animation around the world and giving them a platform to speak about their love for animation, how they're approaching it and what they were struggling with. So from there, you know, I start kind of planting seeds about pipeline and using the community to kind of A-B test certain things. I say, hey guys, this is what I'm working on. I don't know if it's gonna work, but let's try it as a community. And the community backed me. They just kept giving me feedback. And I was able to just use the community um, every two to three weeks and invite a couple of them to a Zoom session and say, hey, this is what this looks like. We're mapping this out. How does this feel? And they would give us honest feedback. They would say, that doesn't work. I don't feel comfortable with that. I would love if this worked. I would love if this worked. I was like, well, can you explain why? And they're giving us this information, writing it down, writing it down, putting it into, we're just moving it around, moving around. And eventually we come with a solid product that um, everyone who we just showed it to in the community were just, they were excited. They were like, yes, this is what we've been waiting for. Um, So, we met at the Microsoft Production Summit, um, and this is right as we're starting our alpha. So right now was the time to actually test and see if there was, if the market would respond to a sp- animation specific talent marketplace. Just wanted to see what would happen. In about three months, we got over a million dollars in uh, project request Well. Oh. no online marketing that's not bad with no marketing yeah nope purely off of the community saying hey talk to only and it was just like whew. yeah we have something here yeah you know and um for us the vision grew because we I'm all about ecosystem and I'm all about community. And as you can tell, right? I'm, I'm really big on community. So for us, we saw this as a brilliant opportunity to build this animation ecosystem. Like truly make truly democratizing the process of animation. So anybody, no matter your background, your skill set, could come on this platform and get a story told in animation. So we said we'd start with the marketplace to just quickly Get everybody on the platform list their skills their portfolio their services and then we start adding more and more value skills training digitally virtually so anyone in the world can access it right um production management systems we're going to keep baking it into the platform so you can truly manage the production from beginning to end right and we'll even create templates to help you manage that right ways to finance right now we're working on really cool ways to get projects financed okay um and then um down the road well not too far down the road but distribution right we want to actually help you and point you to the places where you can actually get your projects distributed um so yeah for us this is just we, we my team and i we just have so much fun in what we're building it's like um it's this this is the greatest job i've ever had in my life truly because every day i'm working with artists i'm working with studios i'm working with creatives. i'm seeing what they're working on and i'm helping them tell stories through animation which is for me is ideal
0: wow what a cool what a cool story um all the way beginning to end there and um you so there's a lot to unpack there and i think I've, what, one question i want to i want to ask you before we talk more about uh pipeline is what what's through through this journey that you've been on you've made, you've been in some quite different environments, but you, they've all added up to where you are now. Yeah, what what if what have you felt like has been the kind of um, the guide for you to make the decisions that you've made at certain pivotal moments?
1: You know, the guide is that I'm also creative. I'm, I'm not making these decisions purely from a tech or purely from a profit standpoint. I know what it's like to not have a lot of money, but to have a story that keeps you up at night that you just wanna tell, mm. right? I know, I, I, I've been there, right? So everything we're doing, we're doing in a way that is truly manageable and makes it possible for storytellers to tell stories at any level. At any level, even, you know, we're we're, we're in a bear market right now, of course, um, and the wave of web three has kind of gone down just a little bit. But there's some real utility. There's some real utility in some things that are web three. And even with that, we're leveraging things of that nature to make it easier for people to tell stories and make it easier for people to collaborate and make it easier for groups of people who share nothing but passion of storytelling to come together, tell a story and to all equally get a share in whatever the profits are from that story, right? These right. these are all things that, you know, are guiding me and the team as we're making decisions to, to really uh, Take advantage of this great time that we're in. This is, I think, this is the second uh, era. This is the second golden era of animation that we're in right now, personally. And I I feel like, uh, you know, you you see this convergence happening from different industries. Uh, Live action. You're seeing a lot of changes in there that require animation talent, right? Gaming. The gaming industry is expanding and needs a lot more animation talent. Metaverse. You know, AR, VR, NFT. Even education, finance, everybody is kind of collectively looking for this talent, and um, to kind of copy, it, uh, you know, take 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 a, a phrase from uh, somebody <laughs> who I was just talking to a couple of days ago. Uh, we're essentially building the, the 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 picks and the shovels that everyone's going to use to unsource this this wealth of gold that is the animation industry. Right, we're we're helping you unlock that talent helping you unlock those stories and eventually get to what you're looking for. So it's, it feels good.
0: It's an, it's an exciting time for sure. And um I'm, your enthusiasm is is infectious. And I, uh, I'd love to know where you where, where are you today? I know that you're going through a launch, but you've already <sighs> yeah. described a previous <laughs> kind of soft launch. Now,
1: you're yeah, in a more, we, we are in a very strategic soft launch. So Uh, Mm -hmm. I wanted to onboard the community first. So our wait list is over 30,000 at this point. And it's very easy to, you know, tip something like this over if you're not careful. So we're spending the first two and a half weeks onboarding the talent. So right now, if you're to go to uh, www.joinpipeline.com, right, you would see two prompts, right? Get hired or hire talent. Uh, If you're trying to hire talent, it'll just push you through uh, like a Google form, which we're using for our alpha to take in projects. Um, And we would basically white glove that process for you and just match you with talent so you can get your production up and running. But if you're, excuse me, also, if you're on the other side of that and you want to get hired as talent, you can actually go on our platform and start your portfolio. So you can list your portfolio, upload your reel, upload proof of your, of the type of work that you do set prices for your services and then you'll become an actual storefront on our platform so now when we open officially open the platform your studio or your individual creator uh, uh, storefront will be listed on the marketplace so people can hire you for your specific skills so we get really granular too so we'll ask you what animation type what animation style you know what age demographic do you like to create for? Because our thing is, I've experienced in my 10 years of working with my virtual studio, um, people do great work when you let them work on what they really like to work on, right? Um, so for us, it's like let's help people work on what they like to work on. So um, yeah, so it's, you, it's, you it's have, great. So you have your you have
0: studios on there as well as individuals, yes.
1: individual talent, boutique studios, and vendor studios, right? Um, right. So for those kind of quick one off projects, gig work, that you don't need like a lot of, uh, you know, uh, talent for a lot of, you know, man hours for um, you could just hire a gig worker, right? If you're a studio looking to fill a position a full time position, you can kind of go through our, our, our repository of talent and you know, pick, pick a few to, to hire on full time, and we can help you through that process. Um, and then, if you have a project like a commercial, right, or social media campaign, or animated gift that you want to kind of roll into your Spotify or something like that, we feel like maybe those are things that, you know, boutique studios with, you know, 10 people or less can handle, right? It's not too much for that team. But then, some people have bigger projects, they have animated series that they want to complete they have animated features they have games and at that point we think it's best to work with a vendor studio that has you know upwards of 15 employees at their disposal that can really help you meet your goal especially if it's on like a time crunch you know so we're just really trying to help categorize it but of course it's new we're learning Uh, the more that people interact with us the more we're going to be able to kind of fine-tune uh the, the the services for the community so this is it as it is now but it's definitely going to have more improvements right
0: so you you said you have a waiting list of thirty thousand. um yeah that that will take some processing do you have any idea of like if somebody approached you today when they might hope to be in the system
1: yeah so uh the goal is by the end of this year to set get messages to everybody to get on platform who's on the waitlist right Right. that's the goal um we want to get everyone on there but um you know we're slowly kind of unlocking the features every two weeks we're pushing new features and things of that nature to build the experience out for people um most likely i think when we get the number the number is a thousand once we finish onboarding a thousand really good portfolios you know just to make sure every field is kind of accounted for That's when we'll kind of flip the lights on and let kind of everybody kind of go in there. But then we'll still be onboarding, you know, and making it easier for people to get on platform. Got
0: it. Makes sense. But somebody could go there today if they were looking to hire some talent, they could find
1: a person today. So the marketplace won't be available to them yet, but they can go and fill out the form to get something, you know. Staffed or get talent on their project, so we they would get ahead. the in-person team actually working on their behalf, which is a service yeah. that we're actually going to keep for the enterprise clients. Uh, the enterprise clients will get that that type yeah. of service where vetted, handheld, you know, still have a dedicated uh, pipeline uh, talent coordinator with them the whole step of the way. Uh, whereas the general marketplace will have a kind of a self-service marketplace that they can access. And I believe that will fully be accessible uh, towards the end of November. Okay. So th- think
0: thinking about this and being um, trying to bring it back to the perspective of, of a, um, a young aspiring animator who who wants to get into the industry? Um, what what advice would you give somebody today looking to to get into animation?
1: Man. um, I know there's a lot of different types of animation. So many different things. But the biggest thing I would say is (laughs) join a community, right? Mm. Um, Or specifically an ARG. An ARG I I refer to as an animation resource group. There are so many amazing animation resource groups out there that can help you navigate the industry. Um, One, of course, the animation club. We're on Clubhouse. We're also on Twitter spaces. We meet every week. Great conversations, great networking, things of that nature. then there are also some really, really amazing ones like Latinx and animation. Good friends of ours. Amazing stuff. Um, they truly rep- represent the Latinx community um, in the best way possible. Um, they do amazing, amazing work. Another one's Black and Animated. Great work. Another one, Rise Up in Animation. They're amazing, amazing as well. Women in animation, internationally known. So there's just so, so many, so many Asians in animation. Just the kind of the list goes on and on and on, right? Um, and I believe they're all under the umbrella of the uh, AAC, uh, the Animation uh, Advocacy Coalition, something of that nature. But quite a yeah. quite a few. Like you could take your pick. And the reason why I say start with community, it's because animation is one of the it's it's just one of these like almost family-based creative collaborative expressions like you need to build community you need to build a network because you can't do it by yourself or rather it's, it's very tough to do it by yourself so it's it's important to build those communities and those friendships and those networks because typically once you have a great relationship and a friendship and you work with somebody, when they get an opportunity or a new project is coming up, TV, film, or whatever, they what uh, recruiters typically ask, well, who would you like to work with? Like Who would you yeah. like to bring along? <laughs> if you have that community, it's like, oh, yeah, bring this person along or, you know, take this person. They're great. Uh, I think it was um, Jorge Gutierrez was talking. Uh, you know, he did Mayan 3. Um he was talking about how he met his now like partner producer. Right. And I think they started out like his part. I think when his uh, producer was like a PA or something like that. And he was like, um, I do probably going to misquote either a character designer or like a, a revisionist. Like they met when they were like kind of bottom tier of below the line, but because they had that relationship and they kept growing, they kept building now director, producer tag team duo. That's how it happens. You know, you, you have to build that community. And I think um, in today's day and age, as we're seeing the appetite for content growing, it's like, it's a very, I think Netflix really opened up kind of the Pandora's box of content assumptions. Uh, YouTube plus Netflix, right? The kind of have it your way mentality or the have it your way approach to content, right? Traditional linear was, if my show's on, I sit down. If it's not, man. But now it's like, I can watch what I like 24-7 without a break. So, of course, I'm consuming a lot more hours because I can have it my way. So now you're seeing this kind of global appetite grow, right? The animation industry exploded from the time COVID started to now. I, I, I quote the numbers all the time, and people are always shocked. 372 billion dollars 2021 double the size of that of the gaming industry It's, it's exploding it's because people have this great appetite and now studios distributors are starting to understand that hey we now have to have a strategy for each local market so you're seeing a lot of localization starting to take place You're seeing Amazon in Nigeria or, you know, or Netflix in Argentina or Japan. You're seeing everyone kind of starting to set up shop in different markets. So I tell my fellow creators and artists, you should be expanding your network as well. You should be talking to artists in Argentina. You should be talking to artists in Ghana or South Africa or Nigeria, Singapore, Philippines, India. You know what I mean? Like you need to expand your network because it's going to help when people now want to do internationally built projects, right? Um, a lot. I'm, the more I'm in the industry, I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about things like co-pros, right? Where governments will give you certain tax write-offs if you have 30% of the crew from Canada or Spain or this. This is a great way to get some of the funding for your project, but then also work with a distributed team, which you already have to do because animation is kind of too expensive to do entirely in the U.S., right? Mm. So these are ways that people can start working together to get more content out there and help grow other local uh, creative communities. So I, I think, like I said, it's just the perfect time. And again, it's also a great time to expand education
0: i i agree with you yes c2 pro. yeah <laughs> i'm definitely biased on that one running a school yeah i to- totally agree with you yeah and in, it's it's a responsibility of of education it's also a responsibility of the the individual as you said to to reach out and find the sources of education um we what one thing i love that you're mentioning as well is is um Giving people access to communities where they felt um, traditionally underserved, we, we're a huge uh, proponent of. We have a diversity program. We care a lot about trying to increase the 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 access to skills to to being able to get skills. It's, it's, some of our training is not as affordable to everybody, but we we care about that. And we're trying to increase that. That's one one way to do it. Well, I'm, I'm really interested to hear your your um, take on how we can encourage uh, more people from backgrounds where they've maybe felt like this is not something that's possible for
1: them. Um, I, I think, you know, I think what's what the old saying, like, if you build it, they'll come. Mm. I, I, I believe in that. And but I think the, also the writings on the wall, if you travel enough, there are people um, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give another shout out to Latinx Animation. One of their one of their uh, co-founders, uh, Mike, uh, Magdiela. Um, she traveled, I think, to Guatemala to work with a production company. She, she, it was it was her and um, one of the heads of Buck Animation. Um, his name's escaping me at this time. They basically spent like three or four weeks teaching like animation pipelines for television to the studio so that they could take on work from the states right and you know produce and the impact that that had i mean was incredible like my eyes are getting kind of weepy like think about it because it's like you are empowering this local community to work you know, and to make art, and then eventually tell their own stories. Like you're truly teaching them. And the more I travel, the more I see this hunger just for the information, the means. People want to access this training. I was speaking to the um, the head of this studio in Nigeria. Uh, his name is Ferdi Ferdinand, um, and the studio was called Magic Carpet. And he's literally building a Sister company called Magic Labs just to train talent throughout Nigeria. Amazing. And I was just like, this is phenomenal. And he was like, there's the more I travel, the more I see people want to get into animation and storytelling and they love it and it's life changing for them. Right. And because, you know, the cost of living is a lot different. Right. So even like some would call it like a basic job. In the states would provide handsomely for someone on that side especially if it's outsourced work right and for them it's like they just want the opportunity they're like just teach us teach us the the you know how do you guys structure scripts what's the best way to uh to uh, to you know manage this gantt chart so we can deliver on time you know how do you you know what do you look for when you do revisions just hungry for the information and i'm like this this is the knowledge that we have, we take for granted because we're just like, oh, we're in the industry. We know. But if we develop training courses, right, if we develop uh, develop crit- uh, criteria that's at the Hollywood standard, you know, what CG Pro does at the Hollywood standard, people will line up all around the block and to keep going just to learn, right? And I think we need to start looking at it kind of like, people started looking at uh, software development in like the kind of early 2010, 20, 2009, 2010, 2011, when you just saw this massive force of people who just wanted to start learning technology. They were like, hey, we just, we just, we just wanna kind of get into tech. We, we wanna learn coding, teach me the basics. And the network effect of that training being online I don't know how many new startups we have, how many new problems that we have uh, solutions to tenfold. It just kept growing, 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 growing to the point where now you have it's 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 not unusual to hear about a startup or, you know, you know, they, they're just they're everywhere now. And it's ingrained into kind of how almost every industry is now getting their work out there. They're using technology to do it. So I see that we have a very similar opportunity here. Animation is palatable. It's easy to digest. It puts people at ease. It's also limitless and it's kind of, it's how it storytelling, it's very visual. We have a great opportunity to make the access to learning animation more available to people. And I think the result, the network effect is gonna be, we're gonna see more animation in different industries. We're gonna see more content out there. We're gonna see more miniature guilds of content creators putting out their own stuff. I I just see a a, a bigger vision of a democratized approach to content creation.
0: Yeah, if we can get no, this right. I, I totally agree. I mean, just coming back from Unreal Fest, where it was a pie chart showing how all of the attendees were proportionally where they were from. And traditionally, that was 100% games. At this event, it was actually slightly more from all the other industries, yeah. Um, and it, it was amazing, very, very clear that this is now affecting pretty much every everything. I'm, uh, I'm
1: glad you mentioned Unreal. Let's 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 touch on Unreal for a second. What were people using Unreal for in the beginning?
0: Making a game, a game, and then making a game. some other games. Yeah, that was it.
1: Yeah. How is Unreal being used today?
0: uh just about everything that you could possibly imagine right? yeah
1: you and i were at the uh microsoft production summit yeah right did we not watch a live action uh uh kind of scenario being shot and yes. the well, i was
0: actually helping run it in the background <laughs> there it is you were helping run it <laughs> but I, mean, I did watch <laughs> it from a slightly right? more nerve wracking position yes right but it was it, yeah. was it
1: was it was sensational to watch and we Thank saw you. this led green screen right and we saw what directors going let's move the light over here let's move that tree over here what On um, just in real time we're gonna move this yeah. here how does that shot look oh, it looks better okay maybe even move this rock here
0: instantly that, yeah
1: instantly just the yeah. application was it was it was mind-blowing and you know, i'm just like
0: and and some of the people uh, t- speaking of global some of the artists were in was one in argentina there was one in yes. japan there was one yes. on the east coast the us that glo- globally they were actually connecting into the into unreal that was driving the wall and there was somebody in argentina moving a tree that then resulted in a in a change on a movie set instantly and, and yeah
1: just, bonkers. i'm, gonna, I'm yeah. gonna pause again to just kind of set the scene for people we're in a studio in los angeles or on a set, the back of the set is a LED green screen. On the LED green screen is the background created in Unreal, correct?
0: Yep. Yeah. that's right.
1: There's also kind of like a Zoom setup going. You got the, I think the director. Yeah. Producer. You have, you know, oh, thank you. Uh, J- J- Jackie directed it,
0: right? Jackie was the director. <laughs> Jackie yeah. was
1: director, which is great. Jackie was the director. What was Jackie at the time?
0: Uh, She was in at least a different room in the same building. Yeah, she was in. in, the okay. yeah. No. She was in
1: the, yeah. And then we was, had someone who was managing the Unreal from Argentina, right?
0: Yep. Somebody in Argentina, somebody in Japan, somebody Japan. on the East Coast, of the U.S. Um, met m- multiple people globally.
1: And then someone was live editing.
0: Yep all in, in, the the cloud. in the cloud in the cloud it was all of those virtual machines were virtual they were actually running in azure in the cloud so they weren't even the machines weren't even in the same room as the people working on them that were then connecting into another remote machine that was on the stage so it was, yeah
1: and all of this was happening in real time
0: yep, yep.
1: How, for i don't know I've, sometimes i feel like maybe I'm too excited about this but for me it's <laughs> how can you not be like over the moon about how far we've come in our ability to tell stories yeah and globally instantaneously so i see things like this and i go we could take it further we could we could take it so much further like how quick how how quickly were you able to find that person in argentina um
0: well, he, he was one of the instructors in our school. So very quickly. Um, oh, he's an instructor.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's say you not have access to any of them. You know, if, if, that, Me, if like, that
0: wasn't the case, it's it's problematic. Yeah, difficult to find um, talent. And that's something which we're, we're obviously trying to help as a school make more talent. And you are creating a, know, a hub. Yeah,
1: yeah. because I, I see I see a vision of entertainment where i type in similar to like these prompts i type in what i'm looking for and it spits out who's available to work now yeah and i go all right and similar to those who like fantasy football i stack my fantasy football team for this production i need this person here i need this person here okay i see it clearly spin up the virtual spin up the virtual production let's go Right. And I can I can even filter. Show me people who've who've uh, uh, gone through CG pro training. OK, great, because I know they have great people that come out of that space. All right. Boom, 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 boom. Let's start. That's what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. For me, me too. that's next frontier. That's how we just start shipping out more content. That's how we start actually working more with talent globally. Right. That's where we get more diverse stories. And I I just think that's where we 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 start to kind of feel that global community effect more because it'll start permeating through these stories that we're consuming. So this is I get giddy about this I get excited about this because this is I'm passionate about it I love it.
0: Yeah no I, I, it's coming across strong and and I'm with you I feel exactly the same way it's it's not not just that it's made a a tool a bit better it's actually made the whole process more collaborative, which is one of the things I love about it so much that you can, you can add, this is actually happening. People are now where visual effects was kind of people sitting on their own with headphones on, not, not interacting that much. This is now starting to change it to be yeah. more, more collaborative in real time. <clears throat> people actually working together more, which is great.
1: And I think VFX artists love it. They want to be, they kind of want to be in the mix. They want to feel like they're on set because they're a huge part of the movie making process. Yeah. Let me zoom into set. I would love to. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I
0: mean, you used to be, you'd only go on set if you're a VFX supervisor. It was like one person per show who got that privilege pretty much. And yeah, it would take a while to get there. Yeah. And
1: there was a whole bunch of security around them coming on and what they could bring. And, oh, yeah, a lot, you know, Um, I think there was a question from the chat regarding the, animation club and pipeline
0: yes yeah i think somebody was asking whether they were the same thing or if animation club still exist, how do they relate that so kind of thing animation
1: yeah. club still exists um one thing we're doing now is we're going to use animation club because they've been helping us out through this entire process kind of like the guinea pig so to speak to also pilot out the community on Pipeline. So we're building tools to actually make it easier to share resources, collaborate with each other. Um, so it's 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 going to be the evolution of the Animation Club. The Animation Club will exist on the Pipeline uh, Chat. So we're we're just we're just building the tools to make it easier for people to be in community with each other.
0: Fantastic! Is there any way that um, people can join Animation Club? currently as it exists currently
1: yes if you go to uh and hit the community tab it'll take you right to the links to the twitter community or the clubhouse community and we meet once a week so you'll you'll hear me alongside my amazing co-founder there
0: perfect and then that's also the the website for pipeline yep um All get... along. <laughs> that that's perfect um one other uh, question which you know uh, i always believe in, in a passion driving where you go um there is also sometimes where um you can kind of use moments in time to to leverage increased opportunity and i think at the moment we're seeing some increased opportunities in certain areas and it's like a lack of supply and uh, increased level of demand do you do you see um areas here that uh, where there's that kind of a thing going on where there's basically more demand than there is supply. Sometimes that can help
1: people jump into an industry and get. Yeah, I, there's a lot more demand. People truly have no idea right now. I get requests that I'm I'm just like filtering through the thirty thousand on the wait list, trying to see like, okay, who can I put here? Like, there's demand for people in Blender, right? Mm. People are building metaverses using Blender, right? <laughs> building assets, they just There's a huge need for people who have those skills, right? For texture, right? Sculptors, right? Riggers, Like you're, you're seeing it like across the board, just the need for people who possess this talent is growing. Um, and that's because you just see this true convergence towards animation happening across industries, right? Even in something that you wouldn't expect to see animation in, um, finance. Perfect example. If you go to Binance, they have courses, different finance courses on crypto and this and that. I believe all their courses are in animation.
0: Mm.
1: And it's like, it sounds so wild and out there, but there it is. Okay, let's take now a live production, right? Generally, people don't think animation is involved in live production, but as you can see, yes, it is. You have more people leveraging uh led green screens they don't have to travel to 15 different locations for their film, right so they need people who know how to use unreal right yeah these, these are real things these are real examples that are happening today um you're seeing like new uh industries kind of growing like edutainment uh, you're familiar yeah. with that yes um yeah. so your your dual lingos like if you pay attention didn't they just pick up like one of Disney's old heads of something, so I know they're gonna make a play oh, to cool. do some, some really cool stuff, right? Um, uh, Kevin Mayer, um, I think they bought the uh, the company that he left TikTok for, bought the rights to uh, Coco Melon,
0: right? Right, uh, that's something I know a lot about. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> right.
0: I see. A, I watch a lot of Coco Melon.
1: Coco yeah. Melon. And then you have your Blueies, and it's just, man, it is. The, it feels like for those in animation, sometimes it feels like, yo, you're hearing a lot of layoffs happening, things of that nature. It kind of feels daunting. Like, oh, you know, it's not a great time to beat animation. Uh, we're kind of in a recession. People are just trying to, companies are kind of just trying to make sure their bottom lines are good and their shareholders are happy. But um, by, by no means is animation taking a dip. It's the opposite. It's growing exponentially. It was born. You're... It was born in a massive recession. It was born. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. mixture was born in a recession. Come
0: on. Depression, even. Yeah. yeah. So those times where where industries are born and huge companies that you talk, take for granted today began in a, in a time when everybody was shrinking and being careful, but those those daring ones were were out there on the edge, creating something new.
1: Truly. And you understand this because you travel a lot, right? And I, I like to to really encourage people who are, are maybe stateside, who sometimes get tricked into believing the U.S. is the world. I promise you it's not. There's more out there. Um, there are other places. <laughs> there are, I yeah. promise you there are other places. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> take a flight. It's there. Uh, they're growing their own other local economies are growing their, growing their own streaming services. And they're trying to like fill up their catalog with animation, right? Whether you're talking about the likes of Wild Brain in Canada or you're talking about Global in Brazil, right? Or you're talking about, um, um, was it SPA Studios in, in Spain? Everyone's trying to grow, DSTV, you know, everyone's really trying to grow their own local IP. Because they see how anti-fragile it is. It is true. Mm. The pandemic sent a signal to the entertainment industry: "Hey, we better have some animation that can survive if we get, if we end up being shut down again." Because it hurt right. a lot of companies' bottom line. So it's like, "Oh, animation kept going. We should probably invest in that." So I'm telling you, look outside. There's great opportunities globally. Um, now's the time you are we are truly experiencing an animation golden era and i think now's the time to get on it and you, but you also you get mentioned, on that, need courses
0: absolutely yeah and we can help with that just uh as a shameless plug um <laughs> the uh another thing you mentioned just before we um wrap was the was blender and unreal these are things which are free boom, and, boom, yeah yeah so so you seeing a shift um, towards these kinds of tools, which have been in the background a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have to start being, and I, and I don't like saying this to cause I know how hard, difficult it is to build something. You want to be able to keep the lights on, keep it profitable. Um, when we talk about access, we, you have to think about different monetization strategies so you don't have to like, price gouge or squeeze every last drop out of somebody on a single um on a single subscription right you you look at what the likes of figma was able to do for the design world making it affordable and accessible to millions it and so much so that it dwarfed what adobe had going and adobe was running it for longer Mm. and i truly believe it was because it was made price-wise accessible. There's value in making technology accessible. There's value in making training accessible. It becomes now the go-to. And then if it's accessible, you start adding more value at just slightly higher tiers of pricing. And because they trust you, they'll buy into it. So, I, I personally, I see the likes of your blenders, your Unreals, as, you know, as a signal to the industry that, hey, these companies are going to sweep up and take a lot of these up and coming hungry people who want to get into animation because they're focused on accessibility and, yeah. and making that value available to people at any level. And from there... I think it's just going to balloon and grow, and then you start to see, you know, uh, more ways that they can monetize and, and and recoup some of the you know some of the funds. But accessibility is the game. Now is the era of, I would say now is the era of democratization, and. A mentality of abundance the, the the idea of scarcity and keeping things to oneself i think that's going to die very soon and people will start seeing the the true value in having an abundance mentality give 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 as much as you can be of service there's so much value in having that approach and for those who are are, are more on the capitalistic side there's, there's, there's financial value in that as well, I promise. You just have to be a little bit more creative. But there's value in just giving people that, that you get those services that you can offer to them. And once you do that, you know, people are a lot more loyal than you think and they will come back and you have something that's at a, maybe at a higher price point, but they'll want to support you the same way you supported them, uh, you know, by opening doors to them. So now's the time, open doors, come into animation. It's the golden era. Get your training. Learn your Unreal engines from the best. Shameless plug: CG Pros doing some great work, folks. If you haven't seen what they're doing, get in. Um, but yeah, this is the time. Thank it's, you. It's an exciting time.
0: I absolutely agree, and yeah, it's a it's, it's such a a pleasure having you on tonight, and and uh, to be able to share this excitement. It's it's absolutely where we come from as well, and yeah, it's a very exciting time. To be been in the the animation and visual effects industry for fifteen years. This is the most exciting time that I've seen it, uh, for sure. I share that with you. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to share? Um, We've shared your links to your to pipeline, which you're in the middle of launching. Anything else you want to share
1: with the community? Let's 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 get our sponsors paid. Um... Get get your (laughs) links out. Links out. (laughs) Um. So uh, www.joinpipeline.com. Right now, you can see our landing page. You can sign up if you're an animation talent. We'd love to have you. We want to fill this with as many people as possible. More features will come out every two weeks. We will be making it so that you can share resources. Uh, we actually want to get you paid for your services, animation, um, and so much and so forth. Uh, more things will be coming later next year. We will be unveiling some skills training. Uh, hint, hint. You know, Just keep your eyes on that uh <laughs> but yeah our, our our goal is to really focus on these four pillars which is community collaboration financing and distribution truly helping to democratize the process of creating animation and helping you tell your stories uh, through animation so yeah looking forward to seeing more of you guys join the platform well to everybody out there i
0: hope you're already uh typing that website address into a browser somewhere and <laughs> go join it go go check out become become uh, part of the revolution um Oni, such a pleasure having you on tonight i really really appreciate your time i love spending time with you i look forward to more of it um and i wish you all the very best with the launch um and obviously is there anything we could do to help um you'd let me know but, well,
1: uh, appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for the course. invite this was great
0: of course so oh, total pleasure and yeah also thank you big thanks to our audience tonight now you guys have been participating and it's been a real real pleasure being here with you all as well um if you enjoyed tonight we have another episode coming up in two weeks we're speaking of animation uh, Has Delul will be joining us in two weeks. He runs Hasimation. Um, they are pioneering in the world of animation, creating um, games and film with the same assets at the same time. So total cross media is super exciting stuff. Um, look forward to that one as well. I'll definitely uh,
1: be back for that. Awesome, fantastic.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Total, total pleasure, and I uh, hope you all enjoy tonight. If you want to. Find out more about us. We're uh, becomecgpro.com dot com, and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Take care. Good night, everybody.